Hello, creepy crawlies. That was my attempt at channeling DL, who cannot unfortunately be with us tonight. They are a wee bit under the weather. They are indisposed. So uh, you're stuck with me. But luckily, we have many, many more people. We've got Magda here. By the way, this is Ice Cream Queen, so I guess I should have said the name of the show. Bring in Magda. Who's my background person? Yes. Oh, there's Willow. Hi, Willow. <laughs> Magda's in and out. I think she's still trying to figure out her uh, sound. Okay. Situation. All right. We're, Magda's having mic problems. Well, we've got Willow here. Uh, we want to give him a quick rundown of who you are and where you're from. Uh, I am the co-host of the Saturday morning show, uh, Back of the Cereal Box. And uh, I also host Cryptic Crunch uh, on the opposite days that Ice Cream Queens are taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are the second and fourth Sundays. Cryptid Crunch is the first and the third Sundays, where they talk about evil bunnies with sharp pointed teeth. <laughs> we have a wonderful guest. I am very, very honored to have this guest on with us. Uh, Vera Wild. Hello. Hello. Vera. <laughs> nice uh, do you want to give a <laughs> yes? It's oh yes, this is our second time being on our show. Uh, you want to give them a quick rundown of where you're from, how they know you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> most of my stuff you will find under Council of Geeks. Primarily on YouTube, I talk all manner of geeky media. Um, Doctor Who's kind of the big one, but and so I'm very busy these days if, <laughs> with everything <laughs> going on with that. But Star Wars and uh, the MCU and uh, general nonsense from Hollywood and also queer topics, because as is probably well clocked, you can probably tell I'm not cisgender. Shock of shocks. Um, if you are interested in uh, the spicier side of my content, you can look for Vera Wild as opposed to Council of Geeks and you'll find a whole other side of me available <laughs> for purchase. Yeah, that, that hidden side, that's usually under the clothing <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it is uh what's the phrase i like to use instead of the actual website uh exclusively enthusiasts lovely <laughs> i love that your uh doctor who videos are how i actually first found you i was really <gasps> bored at work and i just i want something in the background and i was like i don't know doctor who something something doctor who hey magda's here can we hear you no, still working on it. Okay, that's fine. Um, go ahead and keep working on it. We're just going to continue talking, okay? Um, but yeah, your videos were one of the first. I just binged so much of it. And I was just like, who is this? And I followed you on all of the socials. Now, see, I'm curious for the timeline because I've I've been, been doing this for 11 years now. Did you find me pre-transition? Yes. Damn, you stuck around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yes, I did. And then you went through all that and I was like, yes. And I sat back and I had like my little pom-poms that you probably couldn't see. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around for a while. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see here. Magda's saying it's uh, refusing to acknowledge her mic. That's okay. Uh, we can either keep working with it, keep going, or... And whatever you want to do, Magda, we'll we'll work with it. Uh, we do have a topic, as is our usual. We do forget sometimes we have a topic. But before we get to that topic, uh, I want a little bit of pre-show chatter, kind of relevant to the show's topic, though. Um, I, for the first time ever, 
in the 31 years of this show running, I think it was 31, first time ever I started watching Dancing with the Stars because Allison Hannigan was on it. Literally the only reason I turned this show on was because this actress was on it. And if you know from the musical episodes, she wasn't like super big on the whole singing thing. And my brain like equaled that with dancing. They're like, oh, they're just not in. She's not into that. She is surprising me so much, y'all. Like she came in and the first routines were kind of like, okay, okay. She's, she's getting it. Then she was doing like handstands and like being flung around the floor and stuff. And I was like, Ooh. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. I might have to tune into this because I didn't, <laughs> I, I haven't watched reality TV shows in like years. And probably since I got Disney plus, I've been completely out of the loop of what's on actual TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Disney's got a lot of stuff on there. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, I I'm not caught up to where they are yet. I know like there's an episode that hasn't aired yet. It's going too soon. I'm not completely caught up to everything that's out there. The episode I'm currently on is the Taylor Swift one. So no spoilers in the comments, y'all. Do not tell me if she gets kicked <laughs> off. I'm going to be very sad that we've already lost like other people. I probably shouldn't say in case anyone out there is going to watch it. Now I've suddenly the hiccups. That's great. Anyway, Allison Hannigan kind of Bringing it back around, our show topic tonight is Buffy, the Buffy verse, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, <laughs> did anyone anyone want to say anything about that? Well, okay, let me get the obligatory thing out of the way up front. Uh, Joss Whedon can go ahead, go ahead and just stay in uh, professional jail for the indeterminate future. I like him better there. So. I, let me just get that out of the way. And while I won't speak for anybody else, I will say the praise I am offering is for um, the other writers, the actors, the other directors, the costume, the fight choreography, etc. I'm extending as little to that man directly as possible, even though I do understand that the show would not exist without him. In preparation for this show, because we're typically talk about horror and all of that, I was just like, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer horror and of course like the scarier episodes you know hush popped up but so many videos of controversy with Josh specifically popped up that I fell down a rabbit hole because I knew a little bit here or there I'd heard um Charisma Carpenter talking about it a little bit at some point um and I I didn't know the extent of it but wow yeah uh, Wow, I was. Uh... I think I think I've done over the years three videos on him specifically. Oh wow! Uh, the last one I did was about the interview he gave with New York Magazine, and he really just should have kept his mouth shut because all he did was dig the hole so much deeper. Oh, do I want to ask? Can you remember any of it? <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> put you on the short the the short version like it's a lot it was the feature article of that issue but the the short version was while it was not everything he talked about there were a couple of choice phrases that included um belittling gal gadot and implying that she didn't understand what he was saying because english wasn't her first language which is 
pretty belittling to someone who had been in English speaking uh, roles for, you know, like 10 years up to that mm -hmm. point. Uh, and also making some implications about, um, oh God, why can't I think of his name right now? The actor who played Cyborg in Justice League and making some very indirect, but very hostile implications about his possible motivations for speaking out against Joss Whedon in a way that frankly fed into some conspiratorial nonsense and uh, he should know better. So. Mm. Fair. One <laughs> of the ones that really hit me the most was Michelle coming out. And as everyone was responding to like Charisma Carpenter's big post on it, Michelle ended up, uh, oh God, last name, Trattenberg. Trattenberg. Thank you. Uh, Michelle came out and posted as well saying that like there was a rule that because she was the youngest actress she was not supposed to ever be alone with him in a room so there was like something is, that happened or something that is true but i will okay. see this is one of my things like i'll say i'll badmouth the guy but i wanted to be sure that it's for stuff he actually did a lot of people took that to mean that he'd like made a pass at her or something there is no evidence of that the Fair. rule was in place because he did not give notes gently. And the fear was, is that he was basically going to shout at and berate her if he did, if there was not another adult in the room to basically ensure that he kept his temp, his temper in check. So Thank you for the context on that was behavioral, but mm -hmm. it wasn't at least nothing I found. And I did look into this nonsense indicated the kind of creepy that people assume when they hear couldn't be alone in the room with a teenager yeah yeah and you hear that and your your alarms like yeah you see the the uh, i don't know if you know this tiktoker but there's a dude who runs around with this giant red flag um <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah you see the red flags going on that oh, yeah okay I, again like i'm not uh, I'm not trying to defend anybody, but I, again, it's one of the things like if we're going to be mad at somebody, let's be mad at the stuff they actually did. We don't have to make stuff up. It's bad enough. Well, I appreciate you doing your research on that because I've kind of stayed out of the loop of the, that whole situation because like... I, I know a lot of people don't, don't like him for you know, his actions, but I want to, I, I want to still be a fan of what he created as far as, you know, the Buffy verse, uh, you know, I, I, I was a huge fan of the movie, you know, and, and even the parts of the TV show I really liked, um, though I kind of missed a lot <laughs> over the years, but, you know, uh, but what he, what we got from the actors after Buffy uh, is just phenomenal. And so I, I know I, I want to be a fan of the, of, uh, of what he created, not his, and not his actions. Much yeah. Like it, it can be dicey to talk about, but you know what? We've made the acknowledgement. We don't have to let that bring down the mood of the entire freaking no. conversation. So we can move on. <laughs> there are so many more people who worked in the show who deserve like the acting in this show specifically, it was just, especially for its time. I don't know if y'all remember a lot of nineties, like TV. Um, it was not great. It was, it was very much like Antonio. I've loved you for a really 
much long time. Like it was <laughs> I mean, from what I can remember. Yeah, the I, same demographic. Yeah. Now, based on something Willow said though, I'm curious. Uh, Lauren, have you seen the movie? Before the TV show? Yeah. Oh God, yes. Paul Rubens in that like gets me <laughs> yeah. every time. I whenever he passed, that was our like, oh my gosh, we're tribute post, rest in peace, was him as that character that we posted online because I was just like, there's no way we can't not talk about this masterpiece of a character. So the movie's funny to talk about because like I, I, I got into the show for like I knew the movie existed. I knew of it. I got into the show first, although I didn't get into the show until after it aired. Um, mm -hmm. I, I watched it on DVD in my twenties, um, but because it was on when I was in high school um, and into my early college years. So, uh, but when I finally got around to watching the movies, I'm like, I saw the movie. And I'm like, okay, I can see the DNA of what the show was, but I also get why people were like okay this was directed by and starred a whole lot of people who didn't really get what this was so maybe if we could assemble a crew of people who are all on the same page <laughs> this can be what it was supposed to be and that's not to demean the movie the movie is fun in its own way but it is also tonally all over the freaking place it doesn't really seem to know what it is <laughs> no yeah i absolutely agree with that it does have its moments there are some icon her in the white prom dress with the leather jacket that's on over at the end. That's a great, that was so iconic. And uh, as the comment just said, uh, hammy vampire death, uh, <laughs> Paul Rubens, <laughs> like there were some really good moments. Question, and I don't think this ever happened. Did they ever pull any of the actors from the original movie? to like do little guest spots in the TV show through the years. No. Cause that would have been yeah, no. so fun. Nope. They, they never did. And I think probably part of the reason was technically mm -hmm. the show is in continuity because there's references. Well, actually let me back up. The show is in continuity with the script to the movie. Of course the actual movie deviated enough from the script that it's not, totally there but it it does kind of create a weird continuity thing because like at the start i think the very first episode there's like references to buffy having burned down the auditorium or something and that yeah. was the climax of the script i can't remember if it made the movie or not um uh but, yes it did make the movie yeah. and you are correct they they bring it up a couple times actually first episode and then later on when the new principal comes in and he's like oh i'm here to give you a new record and he like tears up the record then he looks at it and he starts taping it back together <laughs> on the dead like it was brought up again there so they've, yeah. they've winked at it a couple times yeah if, if i were to guess that was probably part of the reason at least initially why it wouldn't happen like why they wouldn't do cameos with them later i don't know it was probably because the show was so much bigger than the movie by then <laughs> i just really wanted paul rubens i'm sorry i can't get <laughs> off of i wanted him to come in and I don't know if you've ever seen him play smoldering, but he pulled it off so well whenever he just went for that like oozing charm character. Um, I wanted that vampire with like the little handlebar mustache and, you know, a top hat and a cane coming in. I really wanted it. And I had a whole, in my brain, it was a thing. I wanted it. 
<laughs> so I feel like if we're talking the show, the go-to question, well, there's two go-to questions. One is favorite <laughs> character, but let's, let's background that. I think the other one is favorite season. <gasps> Ooh. Um, all right. I'm not going to choose one or two. I love them very much, but they were a bit still trying to find their footing. They were a bit slower in my opinion. I do like the whole, uh, I think it was season two. Um, Angelus was the bad that guy. Was season two. Yeah. Yep. And I do like that. There's a really great scene where he's like, you don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have anyone. What do you have? And she catches the sword and she's like me. Like that one scene made the season for me, but I need a little bit more than like one good scene. Um, Hell. So, like I, I can give you the quick rundown. I generally group them by, um, by villain arcs. So season yeah. one is the master. Season two is Angelus. Season three is the mayor. Season four is uh, Adam and the whatever the military group was called. I can't remember yeah. what it's called now. Season five was Glory. Season six was the trio, followed by Dark Willow, and then season seven was the first. I might have to say the trio. <laughs> Oh, God. It was so bad. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I actually kind of like what they did with them, especially, honestly, with Warren, because, yeah, he's a joke. The three of these guys, these guys are jokes. They're ridiculous. But what I like, especially like as more time has gone on, showing the danger in the toxicity of a guy like that. It doesn't really matter that he's a loser. His worldview is dangerous. And if someone like that ever got even a modicum of power, they would wield it horribly. Even if that modicum of power is he gets his hands on a gun. <laughs> um, I think uh, our backstage person, yeah, we forgot to do this earlier. Warning, this show may contain strong <laughs> language topics or disturb, wait. See, I can't even read now. This show may contain strong language or disturbing topics, which may be unsuitable for children, and unusual humor, which may be unsuitable for adults. Uh, thank you, our backstage, Joey. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, That was such a... I, I have difficulty choosing a favorite season. I can throw favorite episodes out because there's just so many good wins in the seasons. But it's hard to choose one whole, like, well, okay, well, what's yours? I think I kind of go back and forth between two and six. Um, She frozen up for you? To, oh, Lauren, um, yeah, you... we all were for a second. Here. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, So I, I kind of go back and forth between two and six. Um, Like two is, is still in the earlier days, but it has some really great, it has Angelus. We have the introduction of Spike is in season two. Probably my single favorite episode is in season two, which is the episode Lie to Me, um, where like this, this kid who Buffy knew at her old school shows up and it turns out he is dying of cancer and he's actively trying to get turned into a vampire. Um, uh, no, uh, the blonde girl, that was her introduction. She was in another episode again later. Isn't that the like vampire cult one? What it is the vampire cult does shit. Yes, that's where it first shows up, and it does have um Anne who shows up again later. 
Okay. Um, she gets introduced there, but like this, this guy, he's, he's dying and he thinks he wants to be a vampire as a result of that. And I like that episode in general, just because the way it challenges Buffy for where she's at. And I love the ending uh, of that, which is that, you know, Giles just says, what do you want me to say? And she goes, lie to me. And he says, well, it's all perfectly simple. Oh, the bad guys are that. easily identified by their black hats and mustaches. And we always win and everyone lives happily ever after. And that's Lying. probably my favorite episode. <laughs> and I love it to death. But season six has a lot better mature storytelling, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like season two, season two, if you enjoy Buffy and in high school, season two is the peak of the show. If you like what the show did with her as an actual adult, I think season six is about as good as it gets. All right. I'm going to have to pull up season six and like, we're going to talk season about individual. Oh, wait, so Willow, what was six. your favorite? Okay. Uh, I honestly, I, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite season because I uh, like, I skipped a lot uh, <laughs> because I, I grew up in foster care. So it, it was uh, one of those situations where, uh, Fighting for the TV <laughs> with my siblings was a hard thing. Uh, I did watch a lot of the Buffy uh, stuff, uh, and then I just kind of went on and did my uh, did other things too. So I'm like, there's like holes <laughs> of where uh, I, I I know I should like I should probably revisit and rewatch Buffy for sure. But I know like I've seen all the episodes is just try to put them in chronological order in my brain fair it's like me in star trek <laughs> <laughs> all right so i just pulled up season six because i thought oh, which one is that that is such a good scene that is such a good choice we've got once more with feeling yep. in there yeah. which is like uh, I, I i'm sorry i'm a musical person i love music and that that one episode is how i started watching buffy someone was like oh no there's I a musical see that. episode yep. and i was like there's a what? And my friend like <laughs> recorded it on their VHS so I could borrow it the next day. And from that point on, that was when I started watching Buffy. Um, my, so, and then my city is like uh, in love with musicals. Uh, so uh, Buffy uh, is uh, is one of the things that we play constantly at our sci-fi convention as well. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that's so, like let, let me guess, Buffy. Dr. Horrible sing along blog. Yeah. Rocky. Do y'all have Rocky at midnight? Yeah. And then we have yes. uh, Phan uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Ooh. Is another uh, popular. You should one check that one out. That was wild. That was okay. The, that was the first movie Brian De Palma ever filmed, and it's mm -hmm. very Brian De Palma. Oh, okay. Uh, we typically do repo somewhere in there too. All right. Um. After Once More with Feeling is actually one of my favorite episodes of all time. It's the one where they all lose their memory. And it's like... Camila Rasa. Yes. And yes. my favorite, we, we quote this all of the time. Um, Spike ends up in like, he's trying to hide from this person who's trying to get the kittens from him. It's like a money mobster deal thing. Um, but he's wearing someone else's clothes and he's dressed all normie, like very in a suit and all of their minds get wiped and he's wearing someone else's clothes. So he's like looking at the tag and he's like, with love for Randy. And he, at this point, he thinks he's Giles's son because yeah. they're both British. And so he's like, Randy Giles, you <laughs> named me. No wonder I hate you. 
and we will just as we're doing tasks in the house randomly scream this quote no context just it's one of the ones that will forever live from that episode god that was a good one that was like a lot of fun. Season six also has one of my favorite character re-entrances into a show after an absence ever, which okay. is Giles coming back. Yeah. Because this is after Willow has gone bad. This is after she has flayed Warren. And, you know, Buffy is trying to take her on and Willow's just tossing her around. And she says, there is no force on earth that can stop me. And suddenly she just gets thrown back into a bookcase <laughs> And Giles, who has been missing for half the season, is standing there in the doorway and he just says, I'd like to test that theory. That's such a good spot. He's like, I'll say, I sell, I'll say flat out for the show, he is my favorite character. I am, he's I am a, all in for Giles. He's like, uh, ugh, okay, what I, I can't, words. He's like sex on a stick. He's so, <laughs> the way that he talks and, if, if they should have, the closest he got to ever playing a villain was like he got turned into a demon once. If you have not seen Anthony Stewart head go full on evil, you really need to. If I watch Repo the Genetic Opera I like and Repo. let him yep. sing growl to you with that look on your on his face and then your look on your face is going to be like, uh-huh. Like, <laughs> whoa, that's a great... Take, take, take my organs, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I get, I get it, I get it. Uh, Willow, do you have a favorite character? Uh, well, yeah, Giles is definitely one of my favorite uh, characters. Um, you know, Kate, for a while there was uh, like David Bor uh, Borea. Uh, oh, wow, Angel. yeah, Angel yeah. for a while there, but it's like, it's like. The, the go-to characters kind of um but uh there was there's just so many characters in, in that series that it's really hard for me to um when uh, felicia day shows up later on in the uh she shows up in season seven i believe yeah which is a i think the, oh yeah i think uh, the final episode is quite good season seven's rough though like the it finale's is. good, thank goodness. Way too many shows have lousy finales, but the season <laughs> leading up to that finale, it's 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 rough. It, they're trying to do so much, and they have so many new characters. And I don't know how y'all felt about like Willow dating this like child. It felt like to me. I know she was supposed to be like eighteen or something, but Kennedy, it was still just kind of. I, I uh, think it was just a mistake to have Willow dating anybody at all because the fandom was still Thank you. I thank don't, you. I everyone tries to blame Kennedy. I don't think Kennedy was the problem. I think having her no. date at all was the problem. If if anything, Oz should have come back in. Not saying they should have dated, but just to have someone like for her to lean on and like cry to who understands the heartbreak. I feel like they could have like come up with this like we're best friends kind of thing mm -hmm. with Oz coming back in. That could have worked. They brought him back in the comics. Okay, there's the question. Either of you read the comic continuation of the show? I started a little bit, but it was really difficult for me to find the time to continue on with it. Also, isn't there like an episode that they just did like a podcast? 
episode with a bunch no, of the people? I've, I've lost track of all the things that have done that <laughs> lately. I don't know. Um, but they did. The, well, actually, let's back up. The first comic book related to Buffy, I am going to recommend wholeheartedly. And it's called Frey. And it's technically set in the future. Okay. Um, and it deals with like, so imagine a slayer in the world of Blade Runner. Oh, that, okay. Spray. It's really good. It was a limited series. The story could have continued, but it's, it's pretty much a closed story. That's really good. And that actually, so the, the, the red ax with the stake on the end of it that Buffy mm -hmm. gets in season seven, mm -hmm. that, that weapon debuted in Frey. So if you read that comic, you already knew that thing when it showed up in the show. Wow. The actual comic book continuation of Buffy, it's not, Aww. it's not terrible. Well, parts of it are, but like <laughs> there's, there, there are dip points, but the overall issue I think is the show kind of benefited from the restrained scope that came from a TV budget. And once they had the freedom to basically draw them doing anything, it expanded out too big, too wild. Like ideas that probably sounded fun. Like, oh, we couldn't do this on the show. And then they do it. And you're like, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it's a good thing you couldn't do that on the show, actually. Maybe, maybe that was the best. A little realistic. <laughs> a yeah, little, like little. Maybe, maybe the fact that you couldn't have Dawn be 100 feet tall was why you took the time to focus on the character interactions. And maybe that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Dawn, that was such a big controversy. Like, well, poof, there's a sister. How did y'all feel about Dawn and like the leading up to Dawn? It's it's hard for me to say because as I said, I didn't start watching until it was over. So mm. I wasn't like seeing the fan conversations as they were happening. I didn't find her any more annoying than any other <laughs> young character introduced yeah. to the show. Mm. Like grading on the curve of those kind of characters, she's fine. She actually has a narrative purpose for being there. So that's more than most of them get. I wasn't hugely fond the first season she was in, but she, the character grew on me. Yeah, as as longer she was there, I've I've heard in general more positive things about her from people who actually had siblings. I'm an only child, so I've heard from a number of people that it captures that feeling of an annoying younger sibling really well. I just have to take their word on that. I don't know, <laughs> but as someone who can't relate to that, like she's fine. That was I. I just remember everyone complaining about that like so much. Well, everyone was so mad. It's about See, but after a while, I felt like she was. She was. Uh, oh, she. She should have been there from the beginning. Yeah, like, I don't know. She. She just. It was just one of those characters where it's like you. You expected her to always be there. <laughs> and see, that's kind of what I liked later on about her because when it first happened, I was like. What? 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 Um, but then the longer she was in, the more the more it felt like she had always she, kind of she been there. Belonged. Yeah. 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 Um, so I we kind of touched on Angel. I feel like we should circle back to that in a yeah. little bit. But before we do, I guess I kind of want to ask the 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 other big vampire character thoughts on Spike. Oh, my favorite. That's my favorite. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Um, closely followed by um, Drew. 
I really like Spike and Drew coming in. And they're just like, so, it's like the Gomez Morticia of vampires. The way they were just on each other and the way they moved together. When they were introduced, I was just like, uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> Give me more. I was one of those people that Joss apparently hated because he did not like that so many people liked Spike. Uh, there was an interview with the actor um, where he was talking about how Joss like shoved him against a wall once and was just like, you're dead. Your character's dead. Like, because he, he was he, so mad. He was not happy that the character was popular at all. Um, clearly he got over it and found things to do with the guy, but. Yeah. So uh, you you brought him up. Um, he is problematic. I will say that. He He's is. As, there yes. is, unfortunately, the season six stuff, which again, kind of un regrettably circles back to Joss Whedon because the, the general word at this point is that none of the actors involved in that scene felt good about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think, huh, I think this is again where the limitations of the format did them a massive favor because if this had been say an HBO show and they were able to take it as far as something like Game of Thrones took it, I think the character would have been impossible to bring back and do anything other than kill him immediately. Yeah. But even not being able to take it that far, it's just gross. Mm -hmm. And like, I've seen people make the arguments, well, like it has to do, you know, and they, they bring up lore stuff and you know how, well, he, because he doesn't have a soul. And then later on when he comes back, he does, this is kind of a different person. And like, and like, okay, that's, that's lore-based rationale, but at the end of the day, what you have is a scene of a man trying to force himself onto a woman. That's what the scene is, regardless of how you dress it up. That is what you have put on television, mm -hmm. and you're going to ask us to continue to be okay with this male character, and some people just aren't. They just Which aren't. Which I completely get. I don't, I'm not a huge fan, A, of that little bit of story arc there i get that they were trying to i mean i get what he was trying to do he had to have some sort of break with the character for him to go off and have this i'm gonna find my soul storyline whatever you could have done that like 50 other ways i don't know what yeah. the yeah. writers who specifically wrote that they have this like i'm gonna fix them complex uh, which so is toxic i don't know I don't know if y'all have all been through this whole like, oh, well, it's it's okay. Keely meant to do it the once. I I can fix it. Like that is a complex that just repeats and repeats and repeats. And this is enabling people to continue to think that, oh, well, this happened. But look, he's so much better after. So I agree yeah. with you. I was not a big fan of that. I was mad when I, I watched I think, that episode. I think the issue also is, you know, because because each of these characters are freaking good looking. You know, we're supposed yeah. to just forgive forgive them because it's like, oh, but he's so he's so hot. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you want to make the comparison to Angel and when he was the villain character of Angelus in the second season, like there was a very distinct difference in performance that felt like a different person. It's much more believable that what he did as Angelus was done by somebody else rather than who we normally see as Angel. But even then, you know, 
having him leave the show not only resulted in another show that eventually got very good, but it it also was a very good thing to break Buffy out of that cycle because that wasn't a particularly healthy relationship either. But unfortunately, with, yeah, well, no, she's bad at dating. Um, but unfortunately, with Spike, there wasn't a difference in demeanor. He, yeah, he acted the same. Well, the, the the way Angelus went about things was very much like you can tell he's doing this to be sneaky. And the yeah. way that Spike went about that scene, he was trying to show her how much he loved her. And <sighs> so it's very different in the feels of yeah. that scene. Also, uh, I don't know if you've watched the interviews. Um that uh, James Marsters has talked about specifically that scene and how much it, he didn't want to do it. It almost like broke him to do that scene. And like for the next, I don't even know how long he was just like in tears, um, I, just broken down. I, I, I don't, I don't blame him. I like, I'm not a professional actor, but like I was in a play some years back and I had to play a character that, it put me in a bad place for about a month afterwards, mm. just, just to have to be that person for a limited time on stage. So yeah, like ha being asked to perform these things is damaging. It's, I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the many uh, reasons why the new SAG after agreement, including the requirement of intimacy coordinators for all love scenes going forward for television movies is a wonderful thing. You have intimacy coordinators for the same reason you have stunt coordinators because yeah. you try and do it without them, people get hurt. And not yeah. to mention, like how many uh, child actors that they've like basically ruined and forced uh, these situations on them. I can't imagine like the psychology behind it, psychological torment that they put on these kids uh, back in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. There's a lot of that. But um, so I, I I touched on him briefly. Uh, either of you watch Angel, the yes. spinoff. Yeah, uh, for a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, tapered off, I think, after like the second season. First season is the worst one. So that doesn't help. <laughs> um, and it's not even because it's bad. It's just kind of dull. Mm. Uh, He's so moody. He's so just like, meh. Well, there's a reason why the best episode of the first season is the one that opens with Spike on a rooftop just just mocking him. <laughs> uh, but um I do there there were some pluses on it. Like I wasn't expecting Cordelia to be a good addition to the show. I was not a huge fan of that character. Um she surprised me. Charisma Carpenter like really surprised me in that role and how she grew the emotional of that character. And also having Harmony in, that, <laughs> I know that was later, was not expecting that to be yeah. so freaking good, but I, she's fun. She's she lots is of fun. So fun. Well, the other thing is Wesley. Yes. Because. <laughs> He's got one of my favorite character arcs in TV because if you watch the first episode he showed up in in season three of Buffy and then you watch the last season of Angel, you're like, that's the same guy? What? And watching that happen, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
I do uh, still fight justice for Fred. Like, so I'm, re I'm really torn about that. Like, legitimately, because you know, I examine a lot of tropes. I'm way, I'm well over women in refrigerators as a thing. Mm -hmm. But I like Illyria, and I like the stories that resulted from Fred dying. Which, okay, this. I don't want this to sound like I'm trying to I'm trying to excuse it or cover for it, but the biggest criticism and like the main issue, aside from just general misogyny with the trope of women in refrigerators, which just in case people aren't aware, is a term generally used for when a character, usually a woman, is brutalized and or killed for the purposes of motivating other characters. So that's the that is one of the big things. And that is part of this. I will grant, but another aspect of women in refrigerators that I would say this very much does not do is that you, a big part of why it feels so egregious is you lose more story potential than you gain. And if I'm being honest, I think there was more story mileage in Illyria than there was left in Fred. I can definitely see that Fred's entire aspect was to come on and for these two guys to fight over her. Yeah. Like that's that, yeah. Like I actually, I, I'm more annoyed at that storyline for her than I am at the fact that they killed her. Because the one where they killed her, first of all, actually gave us a one of the best melancholy episodes of the show. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's like called the whole the whole in the world. Mm -hmm. And when they realize they can't save her, that they have been going through all this and they can't, they just can't. And seeing that hit every character and have that weigh on them and then to have a demon goddess walking around in her body <laughs> there's some good stories in that I like yeah. and I, again I'm not saying you have to be okay with the fact that they killed her I get it but I I like season five in general and I I very sincerely think that the last episode of Angel is one of the best series finales yes. in all of television yes yeah. Yes. The dragon over the like <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Okay, so uh favorite episode of Angel. I'm just gonna say the word Muppet and you'll probably Yeah. <laughs> I think that's everybody's favorite. My favorite is still the last episode. It is the finale. It's yeah. it's not fade away just because the beauty of that 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 hard cut to credits before the fight even starts. Because the point is not whether or not they win. The point is that they chose to keep fighting. That's all you needed to know. We're done here. Yeah. And I do have to say, like, Nathan Fillion as, as a villain, <laughs> a priest villain. Yeah, was so that was, just, that was in Buffy's was Buffy. last like, season. Yeah, when he showed up. Oh, boy. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm sorry for going back, but I mean. It, no, like, don't apologize. No, <laughs> okay, so what, uh, while we were on Angel, sorry, I'm bringing us back to the back. Um. What was the things you weren't too fond of? I didn't like the whole like, oh, this is my son. And now he's taken away and surprise, he's a grown adult now. I'm so tired. I've seen that over and over written on TV. Um, I did love the episode where his mom, I cannot, not Drusilla, the other one. Darla. Thank you. Darla sacrificed herself. To save, I I liked that, but like that was the only thing. So I am, I 
think Connor, that sorry. I think that past the surprise of having Connor come back, they didn't really know what to do with him. I think the punch of him coming back works. I actually personally think the story of of his birth and up to that point works largely for its impact on everybody else on how it alters Angel's perception of things of the lengths that Wesley goes to because of this. And that drives that divide between him and Angel to the point that Angel tries to kill him over it. Um, you know, and Wesley does something horrible, but believing it's the right thing. So like, there's enough good stories that come out of the birth of Connor and the initial punch of him coming back, like, okay, but that's just that moment. After that, it does just kind of uh, from there out, uh, unfortunately. But I don't have as big a problem with Connor as a lot of people do, but I'm also not really going to go to bat for the guy. <laughs> um, what do you think of the whole, oh uh, gosh, what was it? The Ram and Hart or... Um, Wolf and Hart. Yes, the lawyer. Wolf and Hart. Lawyers from hell. First of all, I just love that as a conceit. <laughs> Um, I think that it flipped. Like it was the bad. It was the big bad for so long, and then there it is at the end. And Angel, Angel, God, Angel <laughs> is in his like little suit, and he's like running the dang show. And you're like, what? <laughs> and I love it. I look because what the hell else were they were they gonna do? But <laughs> like story wise, they just gotta keep beating their heads against the wall. That is this freaking firm forever. But. No, we're going to give you the keys to the kingdom and let the inherent nature of what this place is corrupt you on its own. And it largely does. <laughs> um, I do have to say, I think, I know a lot of people had issues with Spike, especially after the Buffy stuff. Mm. I do think bringing him in to Angel was a really good saving grace. There was a yes. lot of slow and it really needed it a little bit more of that like, comedic high energy stuff which at that point that was more what spike kind of was he was like this yeah, punchline season, season five was dark season five was melancholic and spike yeah. spike was the high energy and he got lies like you're a wee little puppet man <laughs> <laughs> i think i think the two actors definitely did play off each other very well oh, with yes. chemistry so it like i don't know it they what they seem to do very well with uh, with each other i one of my favorite chemistry between the two of those um are when they're like oh buffy's in town wait who's he dating dracula she's dating Dra <laughs> and so they're both like grumpy at the other one well i did this for her and i will i did this for her and they're arguing and bitter bickering amongst each other and then they're both like Dracula, so they're both complaining about Dracula, and that guy owes me this much from this time, and that <laughs> cracked me up seeing them like bickering back and forth. That little, and then it's coming together, and both of them being mad together about it. We just had a shout out comment for Lorne, um, and Angel, so that was the karaoke demon. Oh, god, Lorne. Oh, didn't the actor die? He did. Unfortunately, he passed away far, far too young. But he he was really good. Oh, and uh, they had the other. He was only in one season. Um, oh yeah, the the guy in the first season who I, I got, unfortunately both the character and the actor escaped me for the moment. Yeah. But they had a very Cockney accent. 
yeah, they had they had to write him out because the uh, the actor was partying too much um, and not just like going to clubs, like doing a lot of substances. And wow. so they wrote him out. And unfortunately, he did not live all that much longer after that. Um, the character got a good send off halfway through mm -hmm. season one. They did give him that. But yeah, that was that was a shame, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's circle back <laughs> around. We've done favorite episodes. We've done favorite characters. Have we done of the whole franchise, Buffy, Angel Comics, least favorite characters and why? So I don't know if he's my least favorite character, but I'm going to touch on the topic of Xander real quick. Okay. I, I get where you're going. What's hard for me to watch Xander is was that especially at the time that I watched it when, you know, I thought I was a guy, I don't like how much I related to him. Um, and looking back on it, it's like, yeah, no, I get why I did. There's a reason that I don't want to be that person anymore. I, I think... I think Xander has on has undergone a little bit of a harsh reassessment, similar to like a lot of stuff from the time, like a lot of like shows like Friends or whatever have had their backlash. And like everyone's like, Ross is the most toxic person ever. I'm like, Ross is not great. He wasn't even great at the time. But the, the reassessment has been crueler than I think the character deserves. Okay. Xander isn't great. Xander is... He's got some incel tendencies and he's a bit of a nigger, but he he does mean well. And I do think there are scenes like the finale of season six where he talks Willow down from destroying the world that I think still yeah, work man. really, really well. So like, I think the character does have value, but yeah, he's definitely got some of the, well, that didn't age well moments of the show. Well, that and it, I have difficulty... Like, as we brought up in the beginning of this, um, Joss is a bit problematic. And so mm. it's hard to separate that from the show sometimes. Um, and it seems like the same can be said for the actor who played Xander. There's been a lot of allegations. And it's been really difficult to, for me at least, separate that from the character, which he was one of my favorite. I loved his goofiness and his line. I love the one episode where he saved the world and nobody freaking knew about it. <laughs> the Zeppo season three. Yeah. I God, I remember this show way better than I think. I've not rewatched <laughs> this show in years, but I, I remember this stuff off the top of my head. Good grief. <laughs> You've covered it so much. Um, But yeah, I, I had moments where he was just, he was wonderful. He was great. Um, in, the musical, him and Anya doing the duet together, I'll never tell. Um, That's adorable. A, that is a fun one. It's a great like if if anyone ever wants to do karaoke with me, like I'm some somebody come be my Xander, I will definitely sing that with you. He's um, he's, he's in my singing range. <laughs> I didn't know you sang. Now I'm excited. I, I feel like Ice Cream Queens needs a karaoke day. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't sing much. I'm not dysphoric about my voice, but like I'm a baritone. So <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I I followed 
the actor and his name is escaping me right now. Um, uh, it's not Alexander, is it? No, yeah, no, Alexander. I'm thinking Xander because Alexander. Um, no, it starts Nick with something. Nick something. Hold on. Yeah. Um, but either Nicholas way, I Brendan. Brendan, thank you. I followed him for the longest time, and he I, he paints, and he was so passionate. And then him and his girlfriend, there was this like huge dramatic blow up and allegations and she had video of these allegations it's kind of hard to like disprove it when you can hear it and see it and it's right there um and so when you hear about all of the other stuff that's happened at cons before you just it's for me it's a little more difficult i'll always have love for the character especially when his twin came in and he got to play opposite <laughs> his identical twin and like the one episode where it was like the good traits and then the not great traits yeah. of Xander. Um, that was fun. But it's harder for me to like the character now. Yeah. Uh, any any votes for uh, characters you like the least? Other than, I think if I were to put the spotlight on Angel, Gun never fully clicked for me. Like he's not a bad character but i often felt like about half the time the writers didn't know what to do with him i completely agree i also feel like they were trying really hard okay this this is probably going to be really controversial so i apologize if this upsets anyone it very much felt like the writers were like well we need a black guy we need it we need a black character so they yes. can't yell at us and say that we only hire white people and then they hired this character and they had no clue how to write him. They were so stereotypical with how to write this character. They they had no clue what to do with him. And I really feel like, A, maybe they brought in some um, people of color writers to write the character or even Probably just asked the actor and been like, hey, what if you if this was you, like, what, what would you do right now? And brought the actor on board to also like, be in with the writing process, I feel like the character could have strived more, but to me, it just felt like they threw him in there because they're like, well, we we need diversity, so here, here it is. Look, yeah. guys, we did it. And, and I do want to put the emphasis on the writing there. I don't think it was the actor's fault. I think he worked with what he was given. And every mm -hmm. now and then, they would give him good stuff. And I would actually mm -hmm. say that's another one of the reasons why I think season five is easily the best season is because them putting him in a in a law firm meant that they couldn't fall back on like oh he's he's hanging on the on the streets and his old crew is back and like these mm -hmm. cliches that the writers didn't feel comfortable with like no we're putting him in this completely different situation and oh you're actually writing him like a person now isn't that yes. great <laughs> yeah i do feel like they gave the character some character yeah. um along the way but i don't like it took a little while it took a while, and I've noticed... God, I'm just going to be controversial tonight, aren't I? I've noticed this writing when it comes to Joss in a lot of... If you go back to Buffy, how many Black characters can you actually think of that pop out of you? There's uh, the Slayer, yeah. who came after Buffy died the first time. There's, There's the Principal, um, Season 7. Yeah, there was the other Slayer from the 70s, that who Spike, Spike killed. Killed. There was her son later. Who was the principal in season seven. Yep. So, But as we're sitting here talking about our favorite characters or our least favorite characters, these are the ones who stand out 
the most for us because they're the ones who are given those really epic or the really crappy like roles. The ones I just mentioned are somewhere in the middle. They weren't written to be these like super great characters. They were very, oh, well, they're here. And then uh, they went and they did something. Yeah, they became filler characters that, just to fill like the time slot. Yeah. yeah. And I personal opinions, please don't everyone like mass attack me. But I, I just feel like you write what you're comfortable with. And if you don't hang out with or have friends or are involved in these kind of groups, then that, and you're not going to write that. No. So like, I know we're running out of time, but I want to ask this oh my before, God, we we start, before we start doing uh, like sign offs and whatever. Um, season four finale, the dream episode. Is that the one where Spike swinging on the swing is like, Jaws is going to teach me to be a watcher. Yes. And, the, and, and there's the cheese man. <laughs> the cheese man. That is the transitions in that episode between like he's crawling into the back of the ice cream chuck and then suddenly he's in another room and like the camera never stopped and never broke. They put that together. The, the transitions were so good in that. That is one of my all-time favorite episodes. That one's a lot of fun. It is. Um, it's a, it's we a good have... palate cleanser to a mediocre season. <laughs> we have only about three minutes left. Once again, uh, this has been the Ice Cream Queens. We have Willow from Cryptid Crunch. We have Vera Wild, who you can find on YouTube, TikTok, uh, Council of Geeks, and other spicier activities, which, by the way, I do want to come travel to one of your shows sometime. Like I oh, don't one know of the remember shows. Yes, I I've hosted a couple down this way. Um so I would love to come and see yours sometime. That would be really fun. Um mm -hmm. Do you want to go ahead and tell them where to find you on the socials uh, other mm -hmm. than Council of Geeks or yeah, do if that you look before? for Council of Geeks main thing is going to be YouTube and Twitter. I refuse to call it X. Um and um, I also stream on Twitch Wednesdays and Fridays. I have written works out there. I have a fantasy novel called Dreams of Fire published with Nathaniel Wayne listed as the author. I have a semi-autobiographical book uh, called Skirting Gender uh, and also a two-act play called When She Wakes, which both have Vera Wilde listed as the Ooh. author. Um, and yes, if you look for Vera Wilde, especially on Twitter or Blue Sky or that place that is exclusively for enthusiasts that will get you to the spicier side of things the slightly more family-friendly version of my very wild content you will find on youtube instagram and tiktok i'm on my third tiktok account it's oh, great i just keep friending you every time where did vera go where did vera go? <laughs> yeah i will definitely add you for sure uh just found your facebook page so i'm <laughs> i'll search for you <laughs> I'm out Willow, do you want to tell them where to find you at? You can find me pretty much all over social media as well. I, I like to refer to myself as the social media socialite, though I'm kind of <laughs> bad at it sometimes. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, uh, X or Twitter, uh, Instagram and TikTok. All right. And YouTube. <laughs> and YouTube. This one. Well, unless you're watching it on Facebook and then it's not this one. What if one of these half of the show ones? I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, uh, it's right at the top of the hour. We did like perfect on this. Um, What does DL say? Pleasant screams? Or is that 
Elvira. I don't remember. I don't, it's I'm your sign bye. off. It's your show. Bye, y'all. <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh, and now.